the American people and the Republican primary voters have not gone anywhere near making a decision. Uh, and so it's my job to go out there and convince them that I'm the best person. From WNYC and New Jersey Public Radio, it's the Christie Tracker. I'm huggable and lovable. I am not abrasive at all. Beware of the person who'll do anything to get reelected. Well, let me be clear, because we have the press here, I'm giving you no advice on how to become president of the United States. I'm David First. Remember that post-debate bump Christie was supposed to get? You know, that bump in the polls after we all saw how great he was next to everyone else on that stage? Well, if anything, that bump turned out to be a dip, with candidates like Ben Carson and Carly Fiorina picking up points and Christie sliding further back in the pack. We're joined, as always, by New Jersey Public Radio's Matt Katz. And today, instead of answering all the questions, he's going to ask some as well, because we're also joined by chief strategist for Chris Christie's presidential campaign, Mike Duhame. Welcome. Thank you. Thanks for having me. What's going on? Why didn't Governor Christie see a post-debate bounce? I mean, there was some social media buzz after his confrontation with Rand Paul, but uh, these latest polls show Christie falling out of the top 10, and, and that would keep him off the stage uh, for the next debate in September. Uh, what's going on? Well, right now, uh, his favorable ratings continue to improve and increase. And, and uh, you're right, we got very favorable coverage post-debate. I think the governor did a, did a fantastic job in the debate articulating uh, differences of opinion, whether it was Senator Paul and Patriot Act or even just his record in New Jersey and articulating that. Uh, you've seen a number of polls that have come out from uh, since the debate. Most of them have him in the top 10. Uh, I believe you know, he'll stay in the top 10. The polling average right now has him tied with, uh, with Governor Kasich in terms of uh, in terms of being in the top 10, being ninth right now. So the more exposure he gets, the, the better he's going to do as we go along. Well, speaking on CNN this week, the governor said that he would turn this around through campaigning. That's why campaigns matter. Uh, you know, the, the question they ask in those polls is if the election were held tomorrow, who would you vote for? If the election were held tomorrow, everybody would be shocked because uh, it's not going to be held tomorrow. Um, and that's why we campaign. If these things didn't matter, we'd all just sit home. The more time people see him, and quite frankly, the more time people see uh, his opponents, the more they're going to gravitate toward him. You have a number of people uh, in the race who haven't been tested the way he has, whether it's through a uh, national crisis like uh, Hurricane Sandy or even the exposure that you get being in the New York media market. I think at some point, as other candidates become serious, they're going to go through press scrutiny and they're going to have issues. I'm detecting a bit of a challenge on the money front. It's obviously a crowded field. You haven't filed anything from the campaign. The deadline hasn't come up. So I just look at the, the headlines like, uh, you know, David Tepper, the richest man in New Jersey who had supported the governor's education policies for many years. He's apparently backing Jeb. Uh, I think, you know, it's important to realize in any campaign, you don't need the most money to win. You need enough money to get your message out. And there is a threshold to meet to get your message out. And I feel very confident we're going to meet that threshold. I actually feel like many of the serious candidates are going to meet that threshold. You know, it is not the candidate with the most money that always wins. I mean, Governor Christie's own experience running against John Corzine in New Jersey in 2009, we got outspent, you know, three to one. We got outspent by over $20 million as a challenger in a very deep blue state. And we still won because he was the better candidate with the better ideas. In terms of uh, Jeb Bush having, you know, support, uh, financial support all over the country, I mean, it's not a surprise. His father was president, his brother was president. I mean, that is the definition of the establishment. So I don't think there's any surprise that he is going to have kind of the most money that comes in. You know, there's, there's a, 
an element of uh, benefit that you get from having a, a family that is uh, full of presidents, and uh, so we're, we don't uh, we, we we don't begrudge him of that, but we also understand that that's not all it takes to win. Mike, we've got to talk about the governor and a helicopter again. After interviews with um, CNN and Fox News in New York City on Monday, the governor uh, took a state police helicopter out of town. Uh, the campaign has since said it will reimburse the state for this helicopter flight. But is it appropriate for Governor Christie to be using a New Jersey State Police helicopter to get him back from a presidential campaign-related event? And, and and just, you know, how does this look, given all the history with him getting in trouble for taking a helicopter to his son's baseball game way back in 2011? If you want to try to do all the things that people want you to do as governor and also be a father— and try to make sure that you get to as many of the things for your kids that you want to be at. Um, there are times when it is literally uh, impossible to do that uh, by car. Shouldn't he, at the very least, be sensitive to how this looks, especially when there's a big traffic jam going on uh, directly beneath people trying to cross the Hudson River? Well, there's a, there's a precedent set for, for, his, uh, for his use of that and, and reimbursement of that that's happened in the past, whether it's from uh, the campaign or the state party or any other entity. So there's a precedent that's been set for that. That's fine. And, and you know, he's still the governor, whether he's on campaign uh, duty or not. So I, I feel like uh, that's been, you know, set in, in policy and, and there's been precedent set. So I think it's fine. Mike, it seems insane to to have to bring this up again, but we heard more about the infamous hug this week, uh, the one that uh, conservative commentators have been going on about since um, Governor Christie welcomed President Obama just before the last presidential election. I can't get the picture out of my mind of after Superstorm Sandy when Obama landed in New Jersey and he just cuddled right up to him. I never forgave him for hugging Obama. He hugged Obama. I don't know. I think he blew it when he hugged Obama. To me, he gave up and went to the dark side. You don't have to embrace him. There's multiple pictures. Shake his hand. I don't trust President Obama with our records. I know you gave him a big hug, and if you want to give him a big hug again, go right ahead. He even received an on-air apology uh, on Fox News this week. That hug, that picture, I saw the picture. I went and looked at it last night, and I've probably said hug a million times on the air. I thought it a million times. That I look at the picture, that's no hug. I gotta, I gotta, so I gotta say I'm sorry about the hug. Well, thank you, Greta. I appreciate that. And you know what? Um, it's a handshake, as you can see. Do you think the hug is still playing into the governor's difficulties in this race? Or maybe it's something, is he being held back by Bridgegate? Is it maybe the Jerry Jones hug? I think there's, a, I think, you know, the, the hug, you know, became something that, uh, you know, folks in the press described it as, even though it wasn't such. And I think, you know, having an apology uh, this week was nice, but uh, the, the, the damage had been done, if you will. I think it was a very emotionally charged time, obviously, for those of us who live in the New York City, New Jersey area. We saw the devastation. We saw in New Jersey, you know, uh, hundreds of 365,000 homes destroyed uh, or damaged in 24 hours. You saw most of our state without power. Every single school in the state closed. I mean, it was it was devastation. It was the second worst natural disaster that the country, you know, faced. And the governor did the right thing uh, by working with the president, you know, for on behalf of the people of the state. And it was an emotionally charged time. So we understand that it didn't change the outcome of what was going to happen in the general election there in, in 2012. We know that Governor Romney knows that. Whether it's that or something else, we'll see. As time 
time goes by, again, I feel very confident that as time goes by, the governor is going to get a great uh, opportunity here to make his case to folks. We're still a long way away from anybody voting. Exit polling shows, if you look back at 2012, 2008, you look at the Democrat primary in 2004, you look at both sides in 2000, most people in Iowa and New Hampshire make up their mind in the final few weeks. Roughly half the people make up their mind in the last week. So these polls that are six, seven months out, you know, don't matter as, you know, or I shouldn't say they don't matter because they matter toward, toward, the, uh, toward the debates, but they are certainly not predictive of the final outcome. If you look back at this time in 2008, uh, Mayor Giuliani was ahead, Senator Clinton was ahead at that time. Uh, if you look back at this time in 2012, Rick Perry had a lead. At one point, Herman Cain had a lead. Uh, later in the campaign, Newt Gingrich had a lead. There was a point where Rick Santorum had a lead, and ultimately, none of them were the nominees. You bring up uh, Giuliani's campaign. You ran Rudy Giuliani's campaign. What's going to be uh, different uh, this time? I think you have two. You, you, have, you have very different candidates. One, the, the candidates are different when it comes to social issues. You also have a very different field right now. It's a wide open field. John McCain was very much like an incumbent in New Hampshire. Governor Christie is much more, you know, socially conservative than Mayor Giuliani was. And again, very different field, very different time. Uh, and certainly, that experience with Mayor Giuliani is is, is one that I I value and and hopefully will be helpful as we go through this. Last week, uh, the governor signed Grover Norquist's anti-tax pledge. Uh, this comes after uh, he had said three years ago that he wouldn't sign such a pledge, and he had attacked this time around. He attacked Jeb Bush for not signing it. He also um, said we may need to revisit the 14th Amendment vis-a-vis the, the immigration debate, and that's the part of the Constitution that says um, those born here are Americans. And that seemed to be a little little uh, stronger stance on immigration than we've heard before. Are, are we seeing new conservative positions from Christie as he tries to, to win the Republican primary? Or is there a more conservative Christie just popping up now that he's running a national campaign as opposed to just being governor of New Jersey? I think he's always governed as a conservative, and I think people have had a hard time, you know, labeling him because because he, you know, he is somebody who always tells it like it is, and not everything fits neatly into a box. In terms of the the, the pledge, in terms of Americans for Tax Reform, uh, you know, the governor has never raised the tax. He's vetoed multiple tax increases. He's pushed through tax cuts. He has no intention and will never raise taxes if he's president. So signing the pledge, you know, is very consistent with his six years as governor and what he'll do as president. So I see that as very consistent with what he's done in terms of the, uh, the 14th Amendment, I, you know, that's, I don't think that's a question that's ever been put to him before in New Jersey. In New Jersey, he's won the Hispanic vote 51%. You don't get there by accident. He's somebody who's reached out very well. But at the same time, he's taken, you know, I think sensible positions to, you know, to not have driver's license, uh, you know, given to, to folks who are here in an undocumented way. So he's somebody who's, you know, worked very well with the Hispanic community while at the same time doing what he feels is right in terms of uh, security. So I think, you know, in terms, of, in terms of birthright citizenship, it's not something he has said he's opposed to. He just said it's something that should be part of a broader conversation. Right now, there are so many things uh, in play right now when it comes to immigration. He has just said that should be part of the conversation, and I think that's, that's fine. It doesn't necessarily signal that he would be making a change on that front. I, I just want to jump back to the anti-tax pledge for a second. If we could forget about whether this makes sense for the campaign for a second. With the situation that New Jersey is in right now, uh, as we're dealing with a bankrupt uh, transportation trust fund and crumbling infrastructure, is it responsible for Governor Christie to sign 
an anti-tax pledge. Yes, it is, because New Jersey right now is overtaxed. And quite frankly, you'll see if Governor Christie wasn't here, we'd have even even worse taxes and higher taxes, one of the highest tax uh, states in the country. And in terms of our infrastructure, we all agree that something needs to be done. But, you know, people have to make tough choices. People in government need to make tough choices. We, you know, we need to, if, if we can find money within our budget elsewhere, the answer to everything isn't just raising taxes. And that's been a problem with the legislature in New Jersey. And everything, you know, there, there's, there's an unwillingness to say no to any special interest ever at any time. And so we eventually have to make tough choices in the state. The governor is trying to force those tough choices and saying, you just cannot keep going back to the taxpayers every time and asking for more and more money. It is not fair to the taxpayers of the state. And ultimately, some tough choices will have to be made. So, Mike, uh, you'll be up in New Hampshire this week. Uh, A lot of Republicans will be there. Are you looking at anybody as a potential running mate? You, Matt, are you constitutionally, are you, are you a resident of Pennsylvania that we're allowed to constitutionally pick you as a running mate? You know, I'm honored, and I'm 37, so I am old enough to be president. Uh, I accept. <laughs> Excellent. Heard it here first. We're, we are breaking news. All right. We made news today. <laughs> uh, Chief strategist for Chris Christie's presidential campaign, Mike Duhame. Thanks for joining us. Thank you both for having me. I appreciate it. See you guys. So, Matt Katz, Mike Duhame raises some questions as to whether Christie's really falling out of the top 10 in the latest polls. But certainly there has not been any post-debate bump. Uh, Christie says it's still early. He can turn this around with uh, campaigning. But uh, this is not going in a direction favorable to the governor. No, I mean, I was really surprised after the debate. I think there were two things that were interesting about what Mike was saying. First, The optimism is legit. I mean, they are looking at this as a marathon, and they are not frantic yet. Well, certainly Mike Duhame is sounding uh, optimistic when he's speaking on Mike. I know. I mean, he's the guy you want to talk to if you're like on your on your deathbed and you're you're worried about I mean, he's extremely optimistic and looking at things with rose-colored glasses. And I do think he, he it's reflective of the way much of the Christie camp is looking at this, and he makes a good point about 2009. I mean, they were outspent by John Corzine, a super wealthy incumbent Democrat in a blue state, came back to win a, a decisive election for his first gubernatorial campaign. Mike Duhame was helping to run that campaign too. So they all have that experience. So they, you know, and that is totally fair. However, you have to hope if you're a Christie supporter that they have some tricks up their sleeves in the coming weeks. Matt Katz covers Governor Christie for WNYC, New Jersey Public Radio. He's also writing a book on Governor Christie coming out in January. Matt Katz, thanks again. Thanks, David. The Christie Tracker Podcast is a production of WNYC and New Jersey Public Radio, thanks to associate producer Joseph Capriglione. Our theme music is by 29-Hour Music People. You can subscribe to the Christie Tracker Podcast on iTunes. You can like us on Facebook. You can follow Matt Katz on Twitter at MattKatz00. That's Matt, K-A-T-Z. I'm David First, and we heard about the hug earlier. Governor, you do have the reputation as a guy quick to hand out the hugs. I've hugged more people in the last year than I hugged in my entire life. And it's because not only did they need it, I need it. We all need a hug in the morning And the one at the end of the day And as many as possible squeezed in between They keep life's troubles at